Hello, everybody, and welcome to Film Actually News for the 13th of August, 2012. I am Dave McVeigh, and I am joined by Josh Philpott. How are you? I am fantastic. You liar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Leave me alone. I've already done one one-hour show. What more do you want from I me? want you for the next half an hour, because we're also joined by a very tired Richard Gray. How are you, Richard? What's up? What's up? How you doing, dude? This is Film Actually News, the uh, half an hour out of your week where we like to dissect the entertainment news and, oh, what am I kidding? We just like to make fun of it. And we do it loud, fast, in under 30 minutes or your money back. Now, first of all, sad news. Can we just start this off very, very sad and somber? Carla Ramboldi died, guys. 86 years old. This is the man who made E.T., Jesus. You know, this is the man who also did the 76 King Kong. We won't hold that against him. But <laughs> <laughs> I own that film on Blu-ray. So do I. <laughs> um, and you know what? If it wasn't for him, I probably wouldn't even bother. That's true. Uh, we should also give Rick Baker credit for that because he did the man in the costume stuff. But Ramboldi did the giant robot that never worked properly, but it was the full-size Kong. Exactly. He was into robots. He was into beasties. He also did, most famously, he did the puck alien uh, from Close Encounters of the Third Kind, the one that comes out and gives the hand gestures. Say that again. Puck. Right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well done, Richard. Yes, well done. Anyways, I thought that was very sad. It's funny, I was reading this Washington Post article, though, and it doesn't actually say what he died of. It just says that he died after a long illness. I guess no. he was 86. You know, I, you know it happens. Yeah, but it's very sad. I I think there's a real loss there, and I think it was it was um, Spielberg who really kind of put him on the map because after King Kong, he was kind of struggling a little bit. But it was really ET. I mean, this was this was his creature of all creatures. I think. Mm, Yeah, Um, and and uh, yeah, we should also mention that he also did the Alien from Aliens. Oh, Uh, from, from from Alien. Sorry, the first one. Yeah, the the one the the one with the ah and the jumping out. That's the, that one. the one. Yeah, that's the one with the ha cha 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 Just Still scared the crap out of me at the time. I know. I don't so. know why he's meh meh. Always confused me. <laughs> oh dear! Go see Alien people if you don't know what we're talking about. Richard, tell me your uh, your your big news. Already on, dude. Dude. Uh, Dude, uh, it's been a long time coming, but apparently the new Bill and Ted film, because we've all been waiting for it, has got a director. And Bill and, and Ted will have walkers. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that. Dean Parasot, or possibly Parasot, or Parisot. Um, I don't know how you pronounce <laughs> Just it. Just to cover your bases. Just to co- look, I, I think one of those is correct. Guess which? Uh, it's the dude who directed uh, Galaxy Quest is going to be taking on Ted Theodore Logan and Bill S. Preston Esquire. Right on. He's a good director. Oh. Yeah, and well, apparently it's got a little bit of a um, uh, a plot happening as well because Keanu Reeves also, uh, just in an interview recently with GQ, just said that one of the plot points is that the two people have basically been crushed by the responsibility of having to write the greatest song in the world. <laughs> <laughs> and that's still been done it. So they're, they're kind of like everybody's like, where's the song? So they go and meet their future selves and one of them refuses to tell them uh, if they ever wrote the song and the other one blames them for their lives not turning out right because they never wrote the song. And they said in one version, we're in jail and in some kind of highway motel and they hate us. And so it's, it's, <laughs> it sounds, sounds like fantastic. it's fantastic. Be- 
Wild so stallions! You know, we're going to have someone as good as uh, George Carlin to replace uh, um, uh, the late, great George Carlin. So someone suggested they just cast Doc Brown in there, just a bit of crossover. Well, yes, or Rich, uh, Josh and I have talked about this before when this idea was first floated around. We thought Louis C.K. Damn right we thought yeah. Louis C.K. I, I can see that happening. Yeah, I, I, I could literally see that being the greatest thing of my generation if that happens. <laughs> A new Bill and Ted film with Louis C.K. in it. Yes. I'd I'm, be, I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, mm. Josh, tell us about it. Uh, look, dude, it, it's not it's it's not long-winded. I'm not going to lead in with a huge amount of surprise or anything like that. I just wanted to say, in the tradition of bringing things to Broadway, and I would like to add before I release who, what uh, what particular film it is, out of all the Disney films they could have brought to Broadway, I would actually love this to swing past uh, Sydney because I would actually wa- uh, watch it. Aladdin is being brought to the Broadway screen. Uh, well, screen? 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 Stage. 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 Stage and screen. What the hell? So they're actually going uh, to do a, a Lion King on it, are they? Yeah, and uh, I am all for that. I would just like to say that I would actually watch this on a Broadway spectacle if they could do it right. If it's big budget, if it's well done, I would be interested to see what they could do with this just film. Just don't hire Julie Taymor. No. Let's not do that. <laughs> they used to do like a little version of this in the park. So it was like a 40-minute Broadway musical version of Aladdin, but like in the park. So this would obviously be a full two-hour version or whatever. Mm. But that was pretty good. And they were actually able to pull off things like the, the Cave of Wonders and all that stuff. You can imagine that, the dry ice billowing out. Oh, it would be fabulous. I'm there. I'm mm. there. I, this sounds fabulous. Um, no, I, I, really like, I really like Aladdin, and I think it would make a really good stage show. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, I tell you what, boys, if it comes to Sydney, we all go together. What do you reckon? Damn right. <laughs> I'm in. Um, you know, with our powers combined. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'll, I'll, I'll be singing uh, um, uh, all the songs on the way. Oh, me? You like, and I'll take you on a magic man. carpet ride. I will. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a whole new Dave, world, boys. <laughs> Dave's going to be telling us to shut up the whole time. Yeah, probably. You fantastic point of view. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys, what if I told you you could get free movies on BitTorrent? I wouldn't be interested. Next story. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Okay, Richard, what's the next story? <laughs> <laughs> no, come on, David. Free um, movies. Hey, this, this, this caught my eye. Um, there is actually uh, the archive, archive.org, I believe it's called, has put up a whole bunch of movies, including I, I, I would actually go stress that it's uh, one million pieces of archive content is now on this site, and out of that, a mm. great deal of movies. These are all royalty-free movies, so these are black and whites, like things like Nosferatu and stuff like that. All oh, yeah. F- all free to download and in all different formats, because it's all being put up by different people. Uh, Night of the Living Dead is on this site. Wow. Uh, His Girl Friday. All these wonderful old um, uh, royalty-free films have now surfaced up on Archive and all ready for downloading on BitTorrent. You heard me right. BitTorrent. <laughs> As it should be. As it should be. So I just thought I'd bring that to everybody's attention. They shoot over there. I actually downloaded, um, I downloaded His Girl Friday and Night of the Living Dead last night. And they're not bad. They're, there's actually many different versions of the same films as well. So if you don't like one, try another one. Mm. Because, okay, because I'm going to go TV. check that out. It's pretty cool. So I, that's just your public service announcement for today. <laughs> <laughs> everybody's quiet because everybody's clicking the links. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stop downloading while the show's on. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Richard, save me from this one. <laughs> um, Alf's back and not in pog form. Excellent. Uh, 
I, I don't know where this this came from or why anyone thought this was a good idea, but it 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 it, it Alf is they're gonna make an Alf movie, dude. Interesting concept. <laughs> please, please give me a little bit more depth to that. I, I, I don't really understand. It's being so produced by the Smurfs producer. That's enough. <laughs> the start of the story is Jordan Kerner, who produced last year's Smurfs movie. I think that's enough for you. But it says it's going to be a hybrid live-action CGI feature. So that sounds like it's a CGI um, elf, which is just wrong to start with. Uh, <laughs> it's got to be a puppet, dude. It's got to be someone's arm has to be firmly up this thing. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, it's not. You know, it's Freezing. just. Um, it says somewhere in this article, and I can't be bothered reading it now because it's it's this is rapidly becoming boring. But the the guy who did the original voice is probably going to come back. No writer or director is attached. I'm not. Surprised. <laughs> no writer or director want to be attached. Particularly <laughs> not. <laughs> Elbow deep, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dearie me. All right. Uh, now, let's talk about The Hobbit for a minute and say that, boy, we've talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how they were scaling back the release. We didn't quite realize how big they were scaling back the release of The Hobbit. Apparently, um, it is going to be released in that 48-frame uh, mode really limitedly. Uh, it will be just released as 24-frame uh, for its major release because their excuse is, now this is, what, this is not what they were saying six months ago, but their excuse is, well, cinemas just aren't ready for it. But their kids oh. are gonna love it. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think that screening at uh, at CinemaCon really, really affected the Warner Brothers. I think they got really cold feet on that. Hmm. Okay. Um, now there has been reports out that some more people have actually seen footage from it, uh, and they have actually said that it actually looks pretty good. And it has to be noted that the the footage that was shown at CinemaCon wasn't color graded. It wasn't prepped. It was like literally just raw cut. And they're saying it was really kind of unfair to show that because it wasn't as the film will be, f the final film will look. Uh, mm. All I can say to that is, well, you should have been more prepared. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're going to show it to the geeks, you got to make it final. You know what I mean? Because mm, mm, mm. they're going to. No, be, I agree. They're gonna... I don't know. Geeks are forgiving a lot. They won't talk about it endlessly on the internet. Or no. There's no. There's no harm in showing geeks an unfinished product because they're not judgmental. Not at all. They'll they'll save their opinions until the final product is out in cinemas and give it its fair go. I mean, you, we saw that with John Carter this year, for example. <laughs> I, was, I was just about to say, um, you mean just like John Carter, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and all those objective, uh, uh, bias-free opinions of The Dark Knight before it came out as well. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, we were a friendly lot. I mean, Peter Jackson, what's he talking about? He should have known better. Is all mm. I can think is is if he was going to show that footage, he be, he had to be prepared for it. You know what I mean? I yep. think he was a little bit too cocksure of himself because he thought it's the Hobbit; they all just love me. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, as it turns out, not so much. So it looks like the whole forty-eight frame experiment is really going to kind of go by the wayside. Um, yeah. So, which kind of sucks because it means that they spend all that time shooting it for your frames. <laughs> don't, don't worry, there'll be a, like an anniversary re-release in forty-eight frames or something. The other thing that I thought was very interesting in this article was they actually talked about the fact that it's not a simple process scaling it back um, because they actually <laughs> have to process it. They have to add camera blur and stuff like that, which isn't in the film because it was shot at forty-eight frames. So they actually have to kind of make it look like twenty-four frames. 
So uh, it's it's not a, it's not an easy chore ramping it back. So they they must have been stinging on this one. Um, but yeah, there will be 48 frame screenings, but uh, limited, and they'll be first. Apparently, they'll be actually out before the main release. Well, I guess that's good. Yeah, well, I'm hoping. I'm really hoping we have a cinema somewhere here in Sydney that can handle 48 frames. So do I, man. So do I. Yeah, because I would like to see it. I'd just like to see it for curiosity. Anyway, uh, <sighs> Richard. <clears throat> well, I'm, I, I put this one in. This is this is. I, I got a little kick out of this, by the way. Yeah, little, no, I, th- in the, yeah. I thought you might actually, Josh. I, I, I did this one for you, man, because I, <laughs> because I care, you know. Aww. Um, um, you get a room. Am- Amityville Horror. We've all seen a version of it because it's been like 10 films, <laughs> you know, over the last three decades. I think I've seen yeah, them all, definitely. actually, and the TV series. Well, there you go. Well, and that was actually loosely based on a real story. Yeah. <laughs> um, back in the 1970s, and then, you know, a bit of family who moved to the house, and then father went nuts, though, and did some naughty, naughty things. And there was a book that was the basis of that called The Amateur Horror and so forth. But as this article points out that from Bleed Cool, what, what's actually happened is that the producer of the new Amateurville prequel has actually found some video footage from seance carried out in the house in 1976. He's actually going to use that footage as the basis for the new prequels. This is actually finding real found footage. Now, can, 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 I, can I throw my two bits in here? Yeah. Can I throw my two bits in here and say, I call bullshit to the entire thing? Probably. Be- because yeah. uh, the entire book that it's based on has actually been debunked. So I don't even believe a sale took place in that house in 1976. Well, the sale took place in 1976, which is after the fact. Right. So he's actually using this footage of, of a seance that happened. It's, it's, it's a real so, seance, which had uh, nothing to do with the original murders. Sorry, can I just can I just clarify this? So, yeah, I, I, like the house and the story that the house was based on, the found footage is based after the fact yes. of it happened, yet it's somehow a prequel. Well, the, the, the joke of it all is, Josh, that, 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 that everything... I'm just is, confused. <laughs> everything in the book, there was actually, there was actually, there's been a couple of documentaries on it now, has been debunked in the sense that, like, in the, in the film and in the book, they talk about the fact that the window, the front window just exploded for no apparent reason. Uh, they actually went and did testing on it and found out that the grouting around the window is actually the original grouting. That glass has never been replaced, which means it's never broken. Uh, the priest who was supposed to get the stigmata basically has actually come out publicly and said, no, that's never happened. The red room, which was supposed to have the bleed, well, would wouldn't he? <laughs> the bleeding walls, uh, the the red room that the the uh, had all the walls bleeding. I, I've got this one, David. Jam donuts. Jam donuts was actually a room that was painted red, um, and it was the children's playroom, and that never bled. <laughs> I've, I've, to answer your question, Josh, it says it's because it's part of the sales package that it's a prequel. Because 1976 is before 1977, which was when the first film was made. Right. When it was made, not when the event happened. Oh, exactly right. And the seance actually took place after the Lutz has moved out. Right. This is going to, this is just wonderful. I just love how they've milked Amityville Horror now for the better part of four decades. <laughs> I reckon they should have done this as a musical. <laughs> <laughs> and get Julie Taymor it's to direct be around it. The corner. <laughs> if you get Julie Taymor to direct it, if people died during rehearsal, it would be expected. <laughs> and the thing that I find interesting is nobody's thought about just doing a new Amityville Horror and just 
setting it somewhere completely different and just continue the traditions of what happened in the like house and just something. Yeah, just like let's just Let's just move on. Let's born this shit and just start over. <laughs> oh, 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 here's, here's an idea: just just coming out with an original horror concept. Get out, man! That's just, that's crazy talk. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, get us out of this mess. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so um, what do you guys think of uh, Zoe Sol- Sol- Solana? Saldana. Thank you. Uh, yeah. What I'll say about Zoe Saldana is... <sighs> All right, so now that we're done doing that, what do we think about her as an actress? I think she's actually pretty good. You think she's pretty good, yeah, she's uh, Richard? Right. I, I've enjoyed her in the things that I've seen her in, but yeah. I don't think she's really been pushed too far so far. Okay. Exactly. So so if we were going to give her a breakthrough film, would getting her to play Nina Simone be a good idea? That sounds like it would be a push, that, a push that, for it, yeah. Yes, and uh, so uh, this film, uh, they've been trying to make a biopic for quite a few years now, but mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's sounding like we're moving ahead with it, and so far, again, when I, when I say this is reporting on it, at the moment it's kind of in her hands, and we haven't really heard if anybody's being signed up, but um, she seems to be in the lead position for the film, and I think that's uh, that could be quite interesting, because I don't think she, I agree with you, Richard, I don't think she's ever been pushed. I no, don't I don't think, think she's, ever... she's been in these big films, though, but not nothing... She kind of always just gets the girlfriend or the, the you know, and she, she had or what the was blue the alien cat creature. <laughs> 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 she got that one, one role recently. What was it? Columbalania oh, or something? Um, yeah. Columbiana. Yeah. Which was okay. I wanted to see that, but then it got panned and I kind of avoided it. Yeah, look, it's, it's not great. Okay. But at the same time, it shows that she can at least hold herself in the lead position for a whole film. So I look at that and I go, the next step is to try and play a role with enough guts to really turn some heads. I'm sorry, this is really important. But did you say she could hold a position for the whole film? Ah, oh, Dave. I, would... I, 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 I almost went there, Dave. I thought, no, no, no. I took, you guys I can high five in the background. I did it. I went the there. <laughs> but for now... Can we move on to a next story? Yeah, sure. Look, this is a quick one. I just want to throw this out here because there was an article on therap.com that actually talked about how Ender's Game, you know, how this is being turned into a film. Ender's Game and the new Twilight film are both heading to IMAX. They're going to be big screen, big IMAX films. My big question is why, considering that none of those films are actually shot in IMAX footage? Because... It's a big screen. No, it's because they can charge more. Mm. Well, <laughs> Let's it's get realistic. It's a big screen. Josh is right, though. Mm. Yeah, but it it's, it's, yeah, it's going to be a great big screen that you're only going to see the film projected into the very middle of it. Yeah, but, yeah, but you can like do like finger painting around the outside. Yeah. I saw, I saw Avatar on IMAX, and I actually thought it was stupid projecting that on IMAX. I and, believe the term you're looking for is avatarded. That's what it was avatar to the IMAX. And I actually saw it again at another cinema, just a normal cinema, and I preferred it much more. Because if you're not going to take advantage of the entire IMAX screen, what's the point? <laughs> it's just charging us more. That's the yes. point. That yes. was, yeah, okay. What's the point for us? <laughs> the oh, there's thing. no point. So anyway, I, I, I just up and give them your money. thought I'd let you know that you can see Bella on an IMAX screen coming soon. Oh. I noticed that they'd already started taking pre-orders for that movie. It's out in freaking November. I know. 
I'm, I'm all for forward planning. I like a good plan as much as the next person, but I'm pretty sure you'll be able to see it. They actually did comes out. It's going to have the amount of like the the amount of sort of uh, power that they think it's going to have because I mean, like everybody, every single one of the uh, Twitards seem to have moved on to uh, Shades of Grey or Shades of whatever the. Fuck it is. Gray, which is which was going to be the title. I wasn't going to give it a full name because then people could look it up. I'd rather if it just yeah. went unsearched for. I've actually but, I've actually read Fifty Shades of Grey. I have to admit, I read it I read it last week because I wanted to know what all the fucking hoopla was about. And let me just tell you, the only thing I've got, I'm so glad we're, I'm so glad you brought that up because I've been wanting, I've been itching to talk about this. I want to know. I want I want one of these fans of Fifty Shades of Grey. One of these, the, the, what do they call it? They're calling it soccer mom porn. Okay, mm-hmm. I want to know where the line is drawn between that and pornography because I will make you a bet that ninety nine percent of the women who have read Fifty Shades of Grey go, "Oh, pornography is bad. You shouldn't have pornography." This book is pornography. It is. Right. It is. It is absolutely explicitly written. Blowjobs coming in the mouth. Hardcore penetration, sex, right? And so, this started life. Is how's the storyline? The storyline is 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 just fluff. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's about a guy who wants to beat her. You know what I mean? It's <laughs> it's all about it's all about BDSM. So it's he wants to punish her. She doesn't know if she wants to. She spends the entire book agonizing whether or not she's willing to sign the contract and become his submissive. And and you know, and then she has to deal with the fact that you know he hits her. Right, because this, this was Twilight fanfic, wasn't it? It was. It was written as Twilight fanfiction, and so, so the whole thing is like to sign the contract was becoming a vampire, and I guess I don't know. The, I don't. I, I the, only... the, the beating was probably no. Was it? Wouldn't that be marriage technically? Wouldn't Wouldn't the signing of the contract be marriage technically? That and then be. he can beat her yeah. afterwards because I mean that's be- kind of the way the storyline goes. Yeah. I was going to say the beatings in in um, uh, Twilight anyway, isn't it? It's all about domestic abuse. Yeah, well, and that's what this this book is a little <laughs> bit like. So anybody who read this book who thought it was oh that was so good blah 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 I don't care I just want you to tell me why what the difference is between if I want to watch Debbie Does Dallas or you want to read this you know David I mean? clearly you've never been a woman and as a woman the only thing I'm upset by is that uh, I will never get to be able to call my uh, autobiography now Fifty Shades of Grey oh. you know that's that upsets me <laughs> Maybe I still will. <laughs> Maybe you can go for something like, you know, ironic or something and go under the number, like 49 Shades of Grey or something. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so that it's kind of a play on it and maybe people will pick it up for that reason and then yeah. be disappointed because it's nothing like that book. Can I can I ask you guys a question? Have I you, hope not. Have you, you ever know, read? I hope you don't beat with you. Well, I don't know how the rest of my life's going to turn out. So. <laughs> can, can I ask you a question, guys? Have you guys yes. ever read American Psycho? Not the movie. Yes. Have you read the book? Yes. No. All right. You know how how seriously sick that book is, right? Yes. Yes. The writer of that book was being courted to write the screenplay for Fifty Shades of Grey. No, no, not just courted. He's actively pursuing it. He turned it down. I thought he was pursuing no, it. I thought he was like well behind this. This week it came out, he turned them down. Now all I gotta say uh-huh. is the man who wrote American Psycho turned it down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wow. So, American Psycho is one of those books you finish because you, you're sort of so far into it, you think, you know what, I, I, I just, I, I'm going to finish this so I can say I have, quietly put it back on the shelf. And can I tell you, that is exactly the feeling with Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah. yeah. Mm. You find yourself, it's like a train wreck. You can't stop reading it, and, but it's gone. It's, 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 it's a fluff book. It, it, 
you polish it off really fast uh, mm. because there's just not a lot of substance to it. And you just sit there going, oh, just beat her already, you know? <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying as a story concept. It's but not, anyway. It's not good. I'm, I'm going to move us on to an even more terrifying story. Then. Oh, hit me with it. Um, Expendables 3. Which I, know, I love I that we're already talking about casts for. We haven't even got Expendables exactly. 2 yet. <laughs> oh, it doesn't come out for a few weeks, but um, A.V. A. Lerner, uh, who's the producer, was interviewed this week, and he said that they've approached, they've approached Clint Eastwood for one of the bad guys. Oh, right. The guys. Um, they're also talking to Harrison Ford and Wesley Snipes uh, when he comes back from prison. I was about to say, he's in prison, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> but they said, I'll give you one more name. We've got Nicolas Cage to play. Far um, out. Now, I, I, this could be the greatest film ever made. <laughs> if, if I'm pretty sure the apocalypse actually comes before this film comes out. Well, it's 24th this year, so we may not make it out at the end of this year. <laughs> yeah. I well, at least we'll go out knowing that we were going to see an Expendables film with Nicolas Cage. That's something I'll be proud to know. Yeah, absolutely. Nicolas Cage is, 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 is fine. That's great. I mean, Clint Eastwood is back in front of the, cam- uh, in front of the cameras this year because he's, he's been away for a while. And he's got a movie called The Trouble with the Curve coming out. Isn't he so, about 5,000 years old now? It's David, he's not quite that old. He's 4,973. Fair enough. Mike, I'm, stand corrected. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he, he's acting again. He's, he's been away from the cameras for a while. But if he's back, and clearly, uh, if he's old enough, if he can still pick up a gun. I won't be happy unless he has a forty four Magnum, though. <laughs> yeah. Because it's the largest handgun in the world. <laughs> and then Terry Crews comes out of nowhere and says something like, no, this is. <laughs> and he has something that fires small, you know, propelled nuclear explosions. There you go. That'll work. Yeah. I, that will I think work. you've this film, haven't you, in secret? <laughs> I, I wrote this film, man. <laughs> By the way, did I, did I tell you guys that Terry Crews is a regular now on Newsroom? I love that. <laughs> we're missing, uh, we've missing a golden opportunity to tie these stories together. That I think that the uh, next Expendables movie should be called like you know, Nine Shades of Grey or something. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! I think we're going to get ourselves out of here because we're out of time, boys and girls. Boys and girls, there's no girls here. Boys and boys. <laughs> uh, I did say I was a woman before. You did. You put yourself into that. Josh, where can people find more about you on the internet? RoddyLC.com is a gaming website. Go over there and look at stuff that we do. Cool. And Richard? Uh, TheRealBits.com. Uh, that's the RWELBits.com. It's my filmy website. Comicy stuff too. And you can find me on Twitter at DVDBits. I'm just going to repeat that because you were breaking up. TheRealBits.com. There you go. And at DVDBits on Twitter. And you can find me at GeekActually.com or on Twitter at David McVeigh. That's a show. We are finishing the show with another trailer because that's what we do nowadays. Uh, we're going to finish the tra- uh, finish show with the remake trailer for Red Dawn, which came out this week. And you can find out our opinions by going and having a look at our respective websites because we all have our opinions written up about this thing. Uh, so, everybody, we'll see you all next week. Boys, I'll see you guys next week. All right. See you then. See you then. Bye, guys. You're in the Air Force, right? Marines, actually. How long are you here for? Uh, a few weeks. 30 seconds left. Just get us in field goal range. 22-22! The blackout may run along the entire Northwest Corridor. What's going on?
spare your breath, you hear me? If you're seeing this broadcast, you are in a part of the country no longer controlled by the government of the United States. Boys, I love you both, but I want you to do what I would do. Kill this piece of... They mess with the wrong family. How did this happen? There's a new class of weapon. Everything went offline and never came back. They wipe us out, including U.S. Central Command. What am I supposed to do? I'm gonna fight. Anybody who wants to join is welcome to it. We'll hit them on our terms. We're the Wolverines. We create chaos. We need to steal that weapon. It'd be the foothold we need and take our homes back. I can. Yes, you can. Relax. And squeeze. freedom now it's up to all of us to fight for it for them this is just some place for us this is our home